Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is May 21st, 2021. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across South Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Vim Shanmugam. And I'm Summer Lee. What is up? I am half safe, half safe-ish. What? Safe? I... Safe from what? COVID? <laughs> yeah, so I got my, my um, vaccination today. Um, earlier this morning, the first part of it, um, it was the Moderna Vax. Um, Mm -hmm. So far, I can't move. I'm in complete pain. JK, JK. It's actually quite, um, it's actually, you don't even feel it. Like uh, things are organized here in Singapore. You just pop in, select the time. I mean, you got to select the time prior to popping in. So don't pop in randomly, but um, (laughs) Yeah, it, it, you get a text message. You choose where you want to um, take the vaccination, and and you just pop in at the time. And um, now I'm just waiting for the second round. Uh, for our listeners um, around the region, Singapore is like extended period of time between the first and second vaccination, so that we can get more people um, vaxxed up. Woo woo. Wait, so why did you choose Moderna? Is it because Dolly Parton kind of funded it? Funded it? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> Queen Dolly. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it was just like, I you, you kind of choose, um, you choose by like your location. You can travel further away. But I was like, like I just wanted to take the, the quickest one. I pretty much like signed up like just a couple of days ago. And then like, you mm. know, I did it today. So uh, I'm very quick. I just wanted to get it over with. Lucky uh, us uh, kids on the other end of the spectrum kind of have to wait for a bit longer because, like, I think they're rolling out in ages of basically from like older, oldest to youngest, mm. and and, mm. and considering you're twelve, um, <laughs> it's still a while. You, you mean last badge? I don't even think you, you. If you're a kid, you can't you can't take the vaccination, right? I think you got to be oh, like dude, a certain just, age. True, true. But I think they just like approved it for those aged twelve to fifteen. Like Pfizer was just approved, I think. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so so far we have like Pfizer and um, Moderna uh, in, in Singapore for the general population. I'm sure like um, there might be a couple more later on. Who knows? Who knows? Advertise with our in-house agency growth. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash growth. Okay. And our top stories for the week, we start off in Bali where an Indonesian man was arrested for mocking Palestine. And he says he meant to insult Israel and I hope the fuck so. Uh, But yeah, this man in West Nusa Tenggara is facing six years in prison under Indonesia's Information and Electronic Transactions Act with police alleging that he insulted Palestine on a TikTok video even though he claims to have gotten the state mixed up with Israel. (laughs) What? How? Dude, you can't do that right now, dude. But yeah, um, it's a real si- serious situation. And as solidarity continues to grow for the Palestinian cause, following atrocious attacks from Israel, piece of shit, uh, many Indonesians are resorting to social media to voice their support for the former, but not 23-year-old H, who went viral over the weekend for his TikTok video in which he called Palestinians pigs and that they should be massacred. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not even a full palm, man. Like, I mean, it's a literal, like, this. Yeah, I mean, 
and from from Indonesia, I mean, you don't know that. Like, if you were mm-hmm. gonna like slam poetry someone, <laughs> then you should probably know who you're trying to slam. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he backtracked and he said that he had misunderstood uh, Palestine's role in the occupation. And he said, and I quote, I have made a mistake in what I said. Apparently the colonizer is Israel. Israel, fuck you, is what I meant. Please forgive me for my error. <laughs> but yeah, despite his apology, police have confirmed that he has been arrested and that legal that the legal process against him will continue. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Do we believe you? Oh, oh my no. gosh. Apparently, I mean... Okay, this guy is okay. I, I'll we can give him. I'm gonna give him a get out of the field, uh, get out of jail, dumbass card. Let's put it that way. This guy's just a dumb. Like you know, like what the hell? How do you fuck up that bad? One job, man. Literally one job. Mm-hmm. Well, we started the podcast talking about vaccinations, and I am now extremely jealous that this is not happening in Singapore because in Thailand, you get vaccinated, you can get a side of French fries free from Thai McDonald's. God <gasps> damn it. <laughs> so Thailand is so far like vaccinated about like 2.2 million people. Uh, one and a half million people um, have gotten the first dose and, and the rest are um, fully, fully vaccinated. But um, in order to get more people to come on board and start getting vaccinated quickly um, as they roll out the vaccines in, in um, Thailand, um, all of these uh, French <laughs> McDonald's has jumped in and offered uh, people to uh, offered French fries, basically. So like um, the fast food giant is giving away French fries to 50,000 people every day um, to encourage them to uh, get a vaccine. <gasps> interesting and it's like in, in america isn't like dunkin donuts and krispy kreme also giving out free donuts if you bring like your night uh what, what do you call it your vaccination cards yeah yeah and i think like some places like they're doing the drive-through vaccination so you get oh, i think you can do a drive-through and then i think you go to i don't know whether it's like a fast food store or whatever but like yeah they're, they're trying to like kind of encourage people uh <laughs> to get them and, and, you know, with all these little carrots, or I guess in this case, fries. This is cute. But yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like there's an opportunity here. Take it from me. It's free advice. Um, get some shots, get some alcohol, like sh- alcoholic shots, you know, like, come on, people. There's like a marketing message in here that's like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't drink like right after the vaccine. Oh, shit. You can't? Oh, yeah. Okay. My bad. Take yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I would love to. I would love to. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of needles, so I should have been like sloshed getting the, the, the <laughs> jab. But you, you don't feel it. It's fine. It's good. You're good. Really? But do you have like yeah. you know the standard sore arm afterwards? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I still like. I mean, I want to say like it's the type of sore arm you get like after working out. But I don't work out, so I don't mm. know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take a word for it. <laughs> But yeah, over in Hong Kong, a Hong Kong restaurant surprises quarantinees with pizza delivery. (laughs) Speaking of freebies. (laughs) But yeah, heroes come in all shapes and sizes, and sometimes they also come in the form of a generous pizza restaurant. Dobro's, a popular pizzeria in Hong Kong, organized a surprise delivery last week of fresh slices to those in quarantine facilities in Penny's Bay and Le Yuemun and the Dorset Kwantong Hotel. (laughs) <laughs> Big shout out to everyone currently holed up in government quarantine centers. Hope you enjoyed the pizza and donuts, said Dobros, which has locations in Happy Valley, Central, Kennedy Town, and Wan Chai. And yeah, 
God damn it, suddenly I want to be quarantined. I know, right? Well, um, to each his own. I, I don't know. It's quite funny because we would think of quarantine hotel meals to be quite gross and bland and like in a bento set and they look like they've been set outside for days. So yeah, this yeah. might come as a cute surprise. Yeah, I mean, I would love pizza. I think some places you can still... I mean, that's allowed. Like, I think you can still get food from outside. But some countries, mm. I think when you quarantine, you can't have food um, from anywhere except, like, the the hotel. Like, you can probably, like, order. In fact, like, I even think, like, you can only order, like, snacks or additional meals, like, through the hotel. Like, I don't mm. think you can get, like, you know, like, a huge, like, pie, like, delivered to you. <laughs> Interesting. But if anything, it's a good PR stunt. It is. It is indeed. So now we go to Jakarta, where this is uh, this is quite a sad story. Um, a seven-year-old girl that was apparently believed to be possessed by a monster uh, was killed in an exorcism. Um, so this this incident happened in Tamangung, um, Tamangung Regency in central Java, and really it's a shocking thing. Um, so. The little girl is unnamed. Uh, only um, we can only refer to her by her initials AL. Uh, her parents were basically like saying that she was kind of acting pretty naughty. Um, their neighbors um, said that maybe she's naughty because like she was possessed by a gender uo, uh, a monstrous, um, hairy ape-like spirit creature um so they convinced the parents that they would need to exercise her which it is a whole other thing but basically they submerged the girl the poor little girl in water like multiple times till she drowned and then they put the girl's body um on a bed and told the parents that she might wake up one day so this actually happened like like months ago and um mm. how it was discovered is because um, the, the little girl's um, grandma and grandfather came to visit during um, Hari Raya, I guess, like Ayat Mubarak, like last week, and asked where the child was. And they said, oh, she was like sick. But then when they went to visit them in the house, um, basically they found the poor little girl's like decomposing body at home. Um, and it looked as though, you know, it was a long time because like, it's basically just like, you know, bits of skin and bone that were left. So it's really kind of horrific. Um, and now the authorities are obviously like investigating the whole situation. So apparently like the, the neighbors were allegedly like the village shaman, like an indigo. Um, and yeah, now it's a, a, a murder case. So um, not cool. Not cool. Shit. Yeah, I don't have anything constructive to add except holy shit, that is horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Just, you know, on the topic of very morbid things, um, over in KL, um, a shipping container has become a makeshift mall at Sungai Bulo Hospital as COVID deaths rise. Oof. Okay, so Malaysia is converting shipping containers into makeshift morgues as the COVID-19 death toll hit a record high of 80 last week. And yeah, the first container was set up at Sungai Bulo Hospital in Selangor and can fit up to 16 bodies. The elderly and chronically ill make up at least 80% of the COVID-19-related deaths in the country, said the ministry online, and many of them were infected by close family members. So the Sungai Bulo Hospital is actually the main COVID-19 crisis centre in the state, and they're actually treating some of the 520 coronavirus patients in critical condition. 
But yeah, other than mortuaries, the bodies of those who died from COVID-19 are housed in COVID-19 centralized body facilities until they are cremated or buried by health officials. Big oof, dude. But yeah, mocks for COVID-19 deaths have actually been set up in other countries badly hit by the coronavirus, such as the UK, the US, as you've seen, and India. Yeah, this is like scary and morbid, but unfortunately these are the sign of like the times like you know some countries just don't they just don't have the facilities to to handle you know mm. um the death death toll so mm. very sad yeah on a similar token talking about like countries that don't have the facility for handling covid unfortunately in manila um a boat carrying covid vaccines sank uh, after hitting a concrete post um, just off of Quezon uh, province. So a sort of, I would say like a canoe, canoe-esque uh, or like a wooden boat um, transporting um, COVID vaccines to a, a village um, hit a concrete post in the water and basically capsized. All the vaccines were dumped in the water. Um, but luckily, like the... Um, the the people on the boat were all fine they were rescued um and here's the twist um apparently the vaccines themselves were all <laughs> because um they were apparently double bagged in plastic and seemed like they were okay so um some people are obviously like very uh sketched they're super sus about this because um just last week um there were about like 348 vials of the Sinovac a vaccine that just went to waste because um, an official forgot to turn the fridge on that was like holding the the vaccine. So, yeah, just another in a long line of like mishaps um, in trying to roll out the vaccines and get their people safe uh, in Philippines. Well, what a coinky dink! You know that you know, dude forgot to turn on the fridge. This shit falls <laughs> off a boat. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not saying like anything but i think i'm saying something that there's a possibility yeah. that something is happening but i don't know what because i'm not saying anything <laughs> yeah it, it, it's quite yeah it's quite comical because there are some photos from the philippines coast guard where they actually have like photos of the the capsized boat but they also have like these huge bags of like vaccines being like hauled out of the water so yeah uh, interesting one so hopefully um Maybe they will work. I, I don't even know how you would like test them, but I guess if right. they're like double sealed in like little and, and also like little vials, they should be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, in Singapore, weird news. Uh, Singapore Art Museum wants your butt to crack Singapore's demure image. <laughs> and this freaking headline. But yeah, a Singapore artist wants to crack open female beauty standards through her latest collaboration with the Singapore Art Museum. And yeah, they're calling for all kinds of Singaporean women to submit photos of their butts as part of artist Amanda Hing's Sin Girl online project. And it aims to defy the demure stereotype of Singaporean women projected worldwide by how Singapore Airlines has marketed flight attendants since the 70s. Very true. And yeah, the exhibition runs until July 11th. And the way they've announced this is absolutely amazing. They said calling for participation. <laughs> so yeah, they're inviting <laughs> women of all shapes and shades to join the single online project. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, Hing's art project has been running since 2000. 
And one of her past exhibitions involved photos of Heng wearing the traditional kabaya, mocking the sweet and submissive image of the local airline's air stewardesses. And for, the latest, for this latest project, uh, participants can snap photos of their bums at a booth located at the National Gallery. And the photos will be added to Heng's database. Um, interesting? Butticipation. But participation. <laughs> Amazing. Like they've just coined a new term. But yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know about this, but my first instinct is like, is it a giant pervert behind this? But <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. name of art, you know what? I, I support the message, you know, to crack Singapore's demure image is adorable. But yeah, <laughs> pictures of my butt. Would I do it? Not sure. Go to a museum and take a picture of my butt. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, I guess. Like, uh -huh. as long as he's not a perv, who knows? Who knows? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, our top story, um, this is a very poignant one. Uh, Thuzar Wint Lewin uh, won the National Costume Prize at Miss Universe. Um, this is, of course, Miss Myanmar. Um, and her message was very, very clear. Um, as we know, like she snuck out of Myanmar a couple months ago to actually head to Florida um, to take part in the uh, Miss Universe contest. Um, and, you know, like when the junta heard that she was actually like gone, um, you know, there's huge like outcry from them. And she's used her like big platform uh, while traveling around the world and also like posting um, to her home country and to other people, all her followers. Um, she's a very vocal person um, calling them out. As part of her message uh, at Miss Universe, she said her people are dying uh, and they're being shot by the military every day. Um, her costume was very, very sort of unique and, and really was something that was built uh, on Myanmar tradition. Uh, it was red, deep red with um, traditional, um, with a traditional style, basically, like with antique silver jewelry, um, traditional handicrafts and hand-woven fabrics by the people of Myanmar. And essentially, like, um, the most important part of it was that she kind of sh unfurled this huge banner and s which said, pray for Myanmar. Um, yes, yeah, she's just, you know, calling them out. And I think she's using a platform and this, I think will put more attention on Myanmar. And this has been going on for months now. And um, yeah, it's just one of those like uh, sad, sad predicaments. Uh, and hopefully like, you know, um, the, coup ends and people can go back and be safe. Mm -hmm. Good for her too, for using a platform. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, we, we give a lot of shit about all these like weirdo, like celebrities and influencers, like posting stupid shit. And this is how you use your platform for good, mm -hmm. you know, for raising awareness. So um, kudos to her. It, she still can't go back. In fact, like, uh, you know, I think she'll be arrested on, on site. Um, and so it is quite dangerous for her to return home. So she's going to be in the States for a while. Um, mm -hmm. but hopefully that just means that, you know, she continues with other, um, you know, uh, Myanmar celebrities and influencers and actors who have all like spoken out, about, spoken out about the coup, but she continues to, um, you know, raise awareness and, you know, she has donated savings. She's put her, her money where her mouth is and, um, is going to continue, um, the good fight.
Well, Summer, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago offline, but um, one thing that everyone is sort of like jumping into is cryptocurrency. Uh, and this week was a crazy week because, uh, well, everyone's like jumping in on cryptocurrency uh, for the past few months of 2021. It took a huge dump. It's crazy. But um, what is cryptocurrency and all that crazy stuff? You wanted to know, and there's so many other, I'm sure there's many of our listeners who want to know as well. And you're in luck. Because we're going to talk all things crypto with our next guest. He's the founder and CEO of CryptoJobsList.com. So not only is he a tech expert about you know blockchain and crypto, but he's also very much about like, you know, he knows the ins and outs and he's going to be able to speak to us simple people <laughs> in small words <laughs> so that we can understand. So Roman, welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Uh, thank you. Awesome to be here. Thanks for inviting me over. <laughs> so, well, first of all, before we get into the crypto talk, I I want to go into something else because crypto in general just took a huge dump this week. So what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So today's a really great day to do, uh, to do a podcast because like what happened <laughs> over the past few days... It's been like, uh, you know, everything is in the red. Yeah, I'd say a lot of people <laughs> blame Elon for uh, tweeting unresponsively and making yeah. some um, poorly researched comments about the um, Bitcoin mining and uh, whether it's green or not. And yeah. uh, yes, a lot of people, a lot of weak hands on the market, they decided to like, oh, we need to follow Elon and it's over. And uh, But I don't think it's over. <laughs> I hope not. But um, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Like... One, one more thing, I just wanted to say, like, <laughs> as we're getting started, like, to make it. I wanted to make a disclaimer that like nothing in this podcast should be constituted as a financial advice. So, oh yes, <laughs> uh, make your decisions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very clear, very clear about that. Yeah, this is not financial advice. Like, um, we're just chatting as friends about cryptocurrency. <laughs> uh, it's a educational knowledge, right? <laughs> educational. Yeah, which is good because like Summer, you're you're a noob, but you're kind of, I would say like seduced by crypto. Yeah, I'm like, you guys are all earning money online um, based on some virtual currency. So like, I, I need to know what's up, you know, because I have a net worth of $3, I think. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I'm sure it's one Yeah, so for, <laughs> so for our listeners, yeah. So what, I think let's just get down to basics. Like what is cryptocurrency? Right. So uh, cryptocurrency is basically like a digital or a virtual currency that is uh, mainly secured by cryptography and uh, is not issued by the government or some central body. So that's kind of like a, in a nutshell of it. Uh, but I think like <laughs> you better guys ask me more specific questions. So I'll be ask, uh, kind of answering them. Um, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to fact check. So I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> Wait, sure. Could you tell us what on earth are all these terms? There's cryptocurrency, which you just explained. What on earth is blockchain technology? Right, right. So like blockchain technology is like one of the kind of those, one of the revolutionary inventions that happened in the past decade that uh, made cryptocurrencies possible. So mm -hmm. um, I'll, I might get a bit technical here. So uh, kind of blockchain in its core is, uh, is a type of a database. But it is a distributed database and it is an immutable database. So it's very, very specialized. It's not something that you would typically run in your startup. 
uh, it's not like mm. a sequel or manga or manga TV or something else. But um, it what what it's good at is at making sure that whoever kind of uh, writes information to that, that information never gonna change. It's never gonna get modified. Or if it's gonna get modified, there will be uh, like a permanent ledger um, that is visible to everyone and um, um, that is kind of able to secure to, to secure data on that chain. And um, because of these properties, it's almost like perfect for for such applications as cryptocurrencies. Because once you, for example, if you're making some financial transaction on on a blockchain, you're able to have like a permanent uh, record of it. It's it's tamper proof. And um, kind of also prevents uh, such big issues as double spend, where someone can like try to double spend uh, the same amount of kind of value, the same amount of coins, um, like twice or more than twice. So that's kind of mm. like a, a tip of the iceberg what what blockchain technology is. Um, yeah. Cool. Then in that case, uh, why has it kind of risen in popularity in the past year or so, months? I have no idea. <laughs> Well, uh, the the reason why it like raised in the past maybe year or so, I would say the crypto uh, crypto markets overall they have a certain seasonality. Um, like I would say that there are like four year cycles, uh, and the yeah. reason why there are like four year cycles is because they are between uh, Bitcoin happening and Bitcoin happening is uh, is this like event that happens on on Bitcoin network where every four years the reward for miners um, gets halved. Uh, so that it gets a bit more, sorry, actually it gets a little bit less profitable to mine, but it's sort of like an incentive mechanism for early miners to start joining the network. <laughs> There's probably a lot of technical terms here, but uh, yep. feel free to ask more specifically. <laughs> I don't mean to overwhelm everyone. <laughs> I don't know. If anything, we can just Google all of these terms after. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, or if you have questions right now, I'm happy to... Uh, uh, to yeah. answer them and dive into that. Well, maybe explain it maybe in the simpler terms if, if you want me to. I'll try. Yeah, I guess. Let's please. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess you could explain. I guess you could explain uh, what mining is. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one of the. It's a very very good question. So uh, mining is is very typical for um, for kind of you know it's a crucial part of any blockchain system. Uh, it's a process by which uh, the chain, uh, for example, Bitcoin or Ethereum, is actually being secured, right? So miners are kind of individuals or organizations uh, who run uh, Bitcoin or Ether or some other cryptocurrency nodes, and uh, those nodes they 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 perform certain um, activity, right? So for example, it's either proof of work, proof of stake. There's a few other ways to secure the network and uh, by like anyone can run it. Uh, I mean, of course, for example, with Bitcoin, it gets more and more expensive. It requires quite a lot of, uh, you know, CapEx for you to uh, to buy a lot of mining rigs uh, and start mining. Uh, but yeah, like in the process of mining, you are able to are, uh, kind of secure the network to make sure that all transactions are kind of legitimate transactions, that they're not double spent that it is difficult to double spend transactions or to make a kind of um, a false false transactions on on the on the blockchain mm. and uh, also as, as a part of the mining process the miners are rewarded so that's kind of one of the major incentive mechanisms for uh, kind of to incentivize the miners so that they actually perform this operation because it might not be always cheap to do it requires quite a lot of electricity and uh, mm. quite a bit of uh, kind of upfront investment into into the hardware, um, depending which uh, which coin you're mining. <laughs> mm, understood. Um, how secure is it all? Because it sounds like, uh, like you said, a private network of sorts. So yeah, how secure mm -hmm. is crypto 
in your opinion? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a very kind of broad question, but uh, I think that it really depends on the on the type of um, what do we mean by security. So um, I would say there are like a lot of different components. So like the most fundamental part is kind of the blockchain technology itself, the network itself. So for example, Bitcoin network or Ethereum network. Uh, or Dodge, <laughs> Dodge Coin Network, for example, right? Uh, they are kind of fundamentally very, uh, very secure. And uh, for example, uh, Bitcoin been running since I think January 2009. It was invented in 2008, though. So since then, there was zero interruptions to the network, and it's been working as a you know as a Swiss clock, probably better. It's like a <laughs> the better standard uh, now uh, that it's uh, been working without a, a halt, without any downtime, uh, and uh, no one managed to kind of um, make a transaction that is uh, like illegitimate, right? So the security properties, I would say, of like Bitcoin are, are the the greatest compared to every other network, but uh, more and more. Um, Cryptocurrencies that are coming out uh, and that, that exist, they're uh, very secure on like a, on a protocol level on a fundamental level. But uh, I think when when we talk about security, there are kind of a lot of questions around like you know private key security, where uh, for example, you as a holder of uh, cryptocurrency, you can still be subject to like hacker attacks and your crypto can still be stolen. But um, kind of it's important to understand that. It's it's uh, in case that someone is being hacked or when someone when someone's uh, hearing about a hacks in the news, it's more about it's not the actual blockchain that has been hacked, but it's the it's quite often either the exchange or someone's private wallet directly being hacked due to their kind of own negligence or due to certain like lack of uh, kind of security precautions uh, on the part of that you know company or or person. So I, I would mm. I would say. Um, you know, uh, uh, quite a lot of people in crypto space, they would probably trust their their assets on chain more than they would trust the bank. Um, mm. So I, I would agree with that to a certain extent as well. Yeah, but of course, the, the risks there, like when it comes to security again, is that, um, you know, if, if someone actually steals your, your funds, uh, it will be impossible to recover them unless you... <gasps> kind of find a hacker, uh, but it's not very easy to find a hacker. But like, for example, with banking, you can still kind of call your bank and say that, hey, um, certain, you know, like uh, someone made a, you know, illegitimate transaction on my credit card, please revert it. And the bank banks usually would have a, uh, you know, protocol to do that. And they're able to contact the other bank, uh, the, like banks in the network and revert the transaction versus with crypto, most transactions are like final, right? There is no way to revert them unless you kind of persuade the other party to send it back to you. Um, but yeah, I think like the main, the main takeaway from this should be is that the crypto itself is secure, but you still need to um, kind of make sure that you're taking care of your own personal security as, as someone who owns it. Uh, or if you're like delegating to an exchange or to some like custodian, you want to make sure that they are uh, secure as well. I hope that answers the question. Yeah. Well, yeah, more, more than that, actually. <laughs> but yeah, in that <laughs> yeah. case, like just knowing there's this risk that exists with cryptocurrency, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, how would you compare maybe the risk level to maybe investing in gold, in stocks, or Hermes Birkin bags, or something like that? I don't know. Oh, right. <laughs> Hermes Birkin bags Beanie. is a... Uh -huh. Beanie Babies. It's a really... Right. It's Beanie <laughs> Babies. <laughs> yo, right. Yo. Yeah, so I think uh, it's also like there's a lot of things uh, when you look at risk, right? So there is a financial risk, there is security risk, 
Um, I would say when people talk about um, whether it's like security investing in crypto, uh, I think the main thing that comes to mind and what people talk about the most is, um, you know, they talk about volatility of crypto and uh, that mm-hmm. price goes up and down. Like, like for example, yesterday, things went down by 30, 40%, uh, which is very scary to a lot of people. And uh, it's definitely way more volatile than traditional assets, than uh, more volatile than precious metals or uh, company stocks. Uh, but, um, yeah, I would say it's, um, it's, it's, it's really, um, like whether, like I would say like whether I trust uh, crypto or someone should trust crypto more in terms of like, whether it's kind of exists or not, uh, I think it's, it's more, um, easy, easier to prove whether certain coins exist or not versus mm-hmm. for example, if, if we're going to go in like more advanced topics of like, um, uh, gold that is traded like a paper gold like gld for example that is traded on exchanges and not a physical gold so a lot of people speculate that there is more paper gold in, uh, in the fluctuation than than physical gold and there is like, a lot of different like uh, fear uncertainty and disinformation and FOMO around it versus with with a lot of crypto you can actually um go and and check whether a certain address holds crypto or not or whether you actually have it or not and there are a lot of different websites that they're called uh, block explorers. So you can actually go on this website. Uh, there are a few of them, depending on the, which which crypto asset you hold. Um, you're able to see which address has how much uh, kind of value in it, how much coins in it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> in, a, in a summary. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, wow. Well, <laughs> that's been a lot to take in. Um, so we're going to do like a sort of quick fire because uh, there's a lot of like sort of jargon and I would say like acronyms uh, associated with crypto. So in like just taking right. like one or two sen- sentences, um, maybe you can give us a lowdown for the next like 20, <laughs> uh, 20 like sort of like terms so that people can immediately know what's what's happening because we, we don't want to be left out. We don't want to be left out. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay, so what are altcoins? Altcoins. Right. Altcoins. So altcoins is basically, uh, you know, Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency out there, uh, mm. or the first kind of most popular one. Uh, and altcoins kind of traditionally been called everything that is not Bitcoin. Uh, mm. So anything, you know, Dodge is considered altcoin. Uh, some people would call Ethereum an altcoin. Uh, mm. You know, things like, uh, you know, uh, Uniswap, Cardano, etc. Uh, Litecoin is considered an altcoin. So alt is like alternative coins that are that are that are not Bitcoin. That's kind of a, a quick uh, explanation of what it means. Mm. Um, what is DeFi? Right. So yeah, DeFi. I think it's a it's like a very interesting, a very hot subject right now, and being okay. in the past uh, kind of year or two years. So DeFi stands for decentralized finance. And decentralized finance is actually like very, very super, like I personally very excited about it because it's uh, kind of finance capabilities that are uh, available uh, through smart contracts uh, on different public blockchains, right? So like most notably, um, so like last year we had this so-called thing as DeFi Summer, uh, which was uh, <laughs> happening on Ethereum chain. And basically okay. what are you able to do? You're able to uh, get access to tra- almost like traditional or similar uh, to traditional finance, uh, financial products like borrowing, lending, um, uh, getting interest on on your on your on your funds, uh, but you're able to do that without 
interacting with the bank without interacting with the like human driven institution you can just deposit your uh for example ether or some like stable token uh stable coin in a in a smart contract and it is able to generate yield for you right so and there's like a lot of a lot of innovation that's happening in that space because it is very um, you know, basically any 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 engineer who is capable of writing smart contracts, they're able uh, to deploy it on chain, start experimenting with it, and it doesn't require any like financial license because it's very kind of it's still very early in the space. And um, I mean, uh, <laughs> just to take my words back in terms of it doesn't require financial license. Depends where you based. Depends. Consult yeah. a lawyer <laughs> before you do anything <laughs> like this. But but in principle, there's a lot of like anonymous uh, organizations or anonymous founders that can deploy kind of a smart contract uh, on chain, and um, they can create uh, kind of an application that behaves almost like a kind of borrowing lending protocol, or uh, like is able to provide you some uh, traditional financial uh, products. Um, so yeah, that's kind of in short what DeFi stands for. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most exciting things that are, that are happening in the crypto space in the past several years and going to happen. It's going to be even bigger um, in the years to come. Oh wow! So you you did mention um, smart contracts and staking. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that? Well, right. So let's let's start with like smart contracts first. What is a smart contract? Right. So a smart contract is, um, I think it's, 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 a, it's a term coined by Nick Szabo. He's like one of the cryptographers and researchers in the space. And a uh, smart contract is basically, it's a piece of code. It's a, uh, it's application that is run, that runs on, um, on blockchain. Right. Mm. Uh, so I think the main difference from, um, like, you know, a regular app that apps that you have in your Android or iPhone or some apps that route in your browser, uh, smart contracts, they run on chain. So every, every operation that happens there is again, like you say, again, immutable and it, Usually operates directly with uh, with with some value, with with some money, with 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 some coins that have value, right? And uh, the reason why they're also called contracts is because they basically gonna execute uh, certain uh, logic. It can be business logic. Uh, it usually revolves or again revolves around uh, transacting some kind of value, right? And it is uh, you can. As long as you uh, trust the code and you know that the code is correct and it like executed as you know as is promised to be executed, it will run autonomously almost forever, and you cannot uh, kind of stop it from running. Right? Versus with traditional contracts, like you know the ones that we deal with on day to day basis in the kind of in the real world in a in a traditional system, uh, you kind of it really relies on on judicial system of the specific country that you're in for those contracts to be actually kind of executed, right? The ones that we sign with paper, pen and paper. Um, yeah, so uh, small contracts, they kind of allowed, uh, kind of unlocked this huge um, uh, innovation potential uh, in a space where developers all around the world, they're able to kind of um, come up with a new not necessarily business ideas, but with the new protocols where you're able to, for example, exchange one ether for for like you know hundred thousand tokens, and those tokens can be also transacted, and you can, uh, for example, exchange them for certain like utilities for some goods, or they can mm. be like your like ability for you like your voting rights 
for example, if you want to vote on some other protocol or some other like decision that that is happening um, on on blockchain or with some sort of crypto protocol, um, yeah. So that's if if if, uh, if we have engineers listening to us, I think I would I would highly <laughs> recommend you guys uh, look into that space because that's definitely um, uh, the future. And like for example, like with 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 the business, the company that I'm running, uh, smart contract developers, Solidity developers are like the most in demand. Uh, right now, mm. so yeah. So for like someone like Summer, like as a, as a as a beginner, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe you can tell us like what is like an exchange and what is like a wallet? Like what is like market cap? Like what are these like basic like things that that we need to know? Right, right. So uh, wallet is basically where you kind of you can hold your your funds in, right? And there are different mm. types of wallets. There, there, um, there are hard wallets. So for example, sorry, hardware wallets. <laughs> they also yeah. usually call like a cold storage. Uh, mm. not the one, not like the, <laughs> not, not the one you got, get your milk from, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's like more, it's more secure. So there are a few companies that, that offer uh, hardware wallets. There is like, you know, Ledger, there is Trezor, um, yeah. there was a, a, a few more, uh, and you're actually able to kind of your private keys, uh, private keys basically allow you to make transactions on chain. And with mm. hardware wallets, those private keys never leave the wallet. So the actual like transaction signing happens on that hardware device. So it's it makes it harder for hackers to break mm. in and steal your funds, right? Yeah, it's um, physical, right? Like it's a physical, yeah. like, it's like a physical thing. It's yeah. A, mm. It is a physical thing. Yes. And then there are yeah. software wallets. So like uh, you yeah. can download them on your phone, you can download them on your computer. Um, like I think one of the most popular these days is Trust Wallet. Uh, mm. There is BRD as well. There is a bunch of other wallets. But yeah, just make sure if you're going to the App Store, make sure that you see a lot of reviews and it's like highly downloaded ones. So it's not a not some fake uh, application there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like they kind of operate the same way that uh, hardware wallets. They're slightly maybe less secure, or like people would argue that they might be less secure, but they're much more convenient, right? So typically, mm. uh, people who own a lot of crypto, they would like allocate their funds between, you know, majority of their like lifetime savings, they're probably going to be in a cold, cold wallet in a, in a hardware wallet, and maybe uh, funds that they use on day to day basis, they would keep it in a, in a, in a, in a hot wallet or like a, in a wallet on their mobile phone. Right. Uh, so an exchange is is something where uh, you basically exchange your coins. So basically, there are different types of exchanges as well. <laughs> it's really a fascinating space. So yeah. um, there are uh, first of all, like you know, there is those exchanges that are called like fiat on ramp off ramps, right? So for example, your Coinbase, CoinHacko, if you are in in Singapore, in Southeast Asia, uh, your uh, FTX, uh, Bitfinex, etc., Polynex, Kraken. There's like a bunch of them, right? And uh, that's where you're able to basically make a wire transfer from your bank account into into an exchange, and for example, mm -hmm. buy your Bitcoin or Ethereum or some other coins that you like. And um, yes, and so they're like uh, no, yes, I got. <laughs> yeah. So different uh, different mm -hmm. exchanges have different types of coins, and the, mm -hmm. I would say like the process is Summer would have to empty her three dollars uh, from her <laughs> bank <Yep>. account <laughs> into yep. into. Um, a exchange into a currency mm -hmm. and then and then she can purchase like bitcoin or um yep. whatever coins that are available on there yeah that's right so basically you make a either wire transfer or some exchanges they all also support uh credit card purchases so you can make a mm -hmm. fantastic three dollar uh purchase 
mm-hmm. uh, of, of some crypto. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. So, I really want to talk about Bitcoin because, like, are people mad because Elon stopped uh, accepting Bitcoin for Teslas? And I don't know. It, it feels like everyone's blaming Elon on the internet, but could you tell us why? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely because <laughs> because Elon uh, been saying uh, not very thought through things about uh, Bitcoin and mm. that they're not going to be accepting um, uh, Bitcoin payments for for Tesla purchases. Which is uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of the main thing that caused a lot of people to start selling uh, because a lot of people in the space they're they're relatively new, which is which is okay. It takes time to to learn. And they, you know, they kind of almost religiously follow whatever whatever Elon says. But yeah, he does have a multi-million, um, huge audience, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's it also caused a lot of backlash on 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 Elon, and is gonna. I think he will suffer that a little bit because a lot of people who actually can afford Teslas and can afford, uh, you know, Cybertrucks, they are now um, like they they out of principle, they're not gonna be buying it. Uh, you know, in in crypto, there used to be this meme around like a Lambo and Lambo and Moon, uh, and like people would want to buy like a Lamborghini with their with their uh, with their kind of profits uh, from crypto trading. Mm. And uh, I think the narrative shifted. Uh, like b- I think before last week, <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna buy a, like a Cybertruck with with my Bitcoin earnings or with my crypto earnings." And uh, I think now uh, I also kind of made a poll on on one of my social media accounts, and uh, a lot of people are like, "Okay, we're like now I cannot afford a, a, a Cybertruck, even though I wanted to buy it instead of buying a Lambo, and now I either cannot afford it or I." I don't even want to like out of principle want to buy it again like from from Elon because he said such such uh, kind of highly controversial things. Um, yeah, and, and again, um, I'd say the core of the problem is like whether whether uh, Bitcoin is being kind of eco friendly or not because like a lot of a lot of electricity is being spent on the on the mining operation. So I think yeah. uh, there is like a lot of misinformation around it uh, based on my personal research. Um, like people forget to put it in a context. So, for example, if you compare, um, you know, the electricity consumption by all the uh, Bitcoin mining to, for example, the world, uh, like to every single bank branch and every single bank and uh, data centers that banks run, uh, that pales in comparison to the amount of electricity the traditional banking system takes. Right? Even mm. like to to make the same. Uh, to basically provide the same service as Bitcoin does or as any other cryptocurrency offers, right? Uh, and Bitcoin even offers that like more efficiently and faster. It doesn't close on weekends like banks do. Uh, yeah, and um, and on top of it, I, w- I, w- I would argue that um, kind of Bitcoin mining operations, they actually um, kind of, they speed up the, the progress and kind of R&D around energy consumption for uh, for ASIC chips and for other like semiconductor and for semiconductor industry as a whole. So basically, because there's such a huge incentives to make it um, less, uh, like more, sorry, more power efficient and consume less electricity, there is more and more manufacturers all over the world who kind of make uh, hardware more efficient so that, you know, Bitcoin mining can be more profitable and other cryptocurrency mining can be more profitable, hence greener, hence everyone's happy. <laughs> and uh, I think we will see benefits of this kind of uh, uh, technology uh, in, in innovation uh, in other industries mm-hmm. as well, where 
more and more electronics will be cheaper and cheaper and faster. We're going to result with the faster GPUs, with faster CPUs, which will not only affect the crypto space, but also, you know, our, our, our laptops, our smartphones, our, you know, microwaves, our fridges will finally be able to cook, uh, have more artificial intelligence built into them and be able to cook us a perfect uh, chicken rice. <laughs> uh, perfect, perfect, uh, you know, dim sum. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's my take on what, what's been happening with, with Elon and with, um, uh, with his statements on, on, on Bitcoin. Interesting. Mm. That, that was very informative. You know, I just have a mean <laughs> level understanding of the situation. But yeah, drama <laughs> is entertaining, if anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of uh, a lot of memes that are happening in, in space around this. So it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very fun when things go down. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. In that case, I might just go back to our giant list of different terms. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Happy to go through it. Okay. What on earth is a whale? Oh, right, right. Well, a whale is this thing that lives in a sea, in an ocean. Sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. So in, in crypto, uh, whales are kind of individuals who have like a huge, um, huge amounts of crypto of, you know, whatever coin. Uh, they're basically very, very rich individuals or institutions, right? And they're so you know, big and so rich that, you know, their their actions, their buy or sell actions can move the entire market, right? So, uh, for example, if if Michael Saylor uh, of MicroStrategy announces that he's going to buy a lot of, um, and even if he doesn't even announce it or uh, that he's buying or, or selling decision, and if he makes it on the public market, on a public exchange, this will, like, uh, skyrocket the price of any coin or or it will, like, uh, make it plummet. Uh, so uh, that's that's what a whale is. It's like a big entity <laughs> in crypto space that ma- makes the waves, uh, Ooh, makes okay. the tsunami sometimes. Uh, yeah. oh. That sounds like, yeah, now, now it makes more sense, you know? <laughs> Let's yeah. see, what on earth is a token? Right. Okay, so where do I start? Uh, so, okay, I think the, the, the main, a lot, a lot of people get, um, I think it's like a, sometimes can be confusing. What is a token? What's the difference between a token and a coin? So mm-hmm. coin is typically uh, kind of layer one, like a fundamental cryptocurrency. So like, for example, um, Bitcoin is a coin, Ethereum or Ether is a coin, uh, Litecoin, you know, Litecoin is a, is, is a coin as well. Token is typically something that is uh, like a byproduct of a smart contract. And uh, it's something that is usually issue, uh, kind of issued or created on on top of um, another blockchain that has uh, smart contract capability. So, for example, uh, in 2017, we had a lot of like ICOs happening, and there were like issuing coin offerings, but in fact, they were actually tokens. And um, and yeah, so basically, they they these tokens they exist within a certain smart contract on a. On, uh, for example, Ethereum chain or on Solana or on uh, BSC, uh, which is Binance Smart Chain. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're a little bit different from coins uh, because they they're usually programmed by some team. Uh, they're usually uh, they might have very different uh, kind of you know value or applications. Some of them are utility tokens where you can like kind of burn them and kind of the, you prove that you actually spent them and you will get some value in return, whether it's like, for example, access to some software or sometimes people sell physical goods with with those tokens. Um, yeah, so like 
I think that's <laughs> I'm sorry for going too too technical, but uh, I hope all the nope. technical uh, listeners who are listening who will uh, they will enjoy it. Um, I guess you could I guess you could say like coins are like if coins were like burgers, like tokens would be like condiments, like ketchup, like ketchup oh. or chili or mayo. Uh, interesting comparison. Uh, I would say like. Let's let's say let's say let's say uh, coins would be steak. Your like uh, ribeye steak. Those mm-hmm. would be coins, and tokens would be like a, 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 a like a, a burger. And the burger quality can also differ. It can be like really terrible burger <laughs> quality, which you do not really want to eat, and it can be yep. like a really awesome juicy patty with like a lot of protein packed into it, and with a lot of you know. Uh, juice <laughs> in it, right? Fair so, enough. yeah, and steaks also can they vary in, in quality. Um, yeah, so I think that that would be like more a closer comparison, but yeah, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Now, all I am is hungry, but also I want to, I want to know more. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, okay. Hungry for knowledge, always, right. always. <laughs> and yeah, what are what is an ICO? That's just like a lot of acronyms, but yeah, let's start with an ICO, yeah. Sure, sure. So ICO is, um, well, as of 2021, it's a thing, a little bit of a, of a past, but it stands for Initial Coin Offering. And this is something that a lot of kind of crypto companies did in 2016, 17, 18. Uh, it doesn't happen as often these days, but basically uh, it's like one, what was used to be a way of funding those different projects with a with kind of like selling uh, coins or actually se- selling tokens uh, for some future promise, for some future value, right? So it's like almost like VC round or crowd sale uh, of um, of this kind of, you know, of, of the future cryptocurrency or the future crypto project. Um, yeah, so like in 2017, that was kind of one of the reasons why the market went crazy in 2017 and what drove a lot of excitement uh, because people could speculate on them. Um, I would say in, 20, in 2021, uh, all the hype is around NFTs, and it's kind of like NFTs are the uh, the ICO of 20 of 2017. Uh, but yeah, to summarize, to summarize, ICO it's initial coin offering. Uh, it's something that companies used to do is where they would pre-sell um, uh, their tokens of their protocol or of their cryptocurrency on the wide market um, so that they can fund their development um, of of their of their startup or of their company or of their protocol. Cool. Very cool. Still struggling to process it all, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Oh yes. Like with NFTs, um, I guess people are buying NFTs, but then there's like memes going around um, that you can just right click and save the image as. So what on earth are NFTs and how does it tie in with like cryptocurrency? Right. So NFTs is like on technical level, it's actually another type of uh, token, Mm non-fungible tokens. Uh, so they're also minted on top of uh, existing public blockchains, and most notably on, on Ethereum. Uh, and uh, they are they are again they're non fungible, right? So for example, uh, regular tokens or regular uh, currencies they are fungible. So like you know, we can perfectly exchange five dollars with each other, or your three dollars that you have because you don't have five dollars, you have three dollars. So let's exchange three dollars. <laughs> so if we'll exchange three dollars back and forth. You would not mind to take my three dollars, right? Because the value is going to be the same. Even if it's a little bit like a scratch and, you know, has uh, wrinkles in it, you can still go to bank and exchange it for another $3 that is perfectly the same and has the same value of $3, right? Mm-hmm. So are, that, that makes, that's a fung- fungibility property, right? And non-fungible is, for example, um, 
for example, my uh, album with, uh, you know, my, my baby pictures, right? Versus your album with baby pictures. They're kind of two kind of similar albums, but they're very, very different pictures on them, right? Like you mm -hmm. would not, you don't value mine. I don't know, <laughs> maybe I value yours, <laughs> but like, you know, we would not necessarily change them, right? Or like houses quite often, they're, they're non-fungible. So uh, non-fungible tokens are kind of the same. They they can be very very different. They're different. Each of them has very different value. Even the even if uh, kind of you know for example someone kind of selling uh, these NFTs as you know they link them to uh, for example to images or just sort of artwork or to characters in a game or some assets in games. Um, actually, this this concept of NFTs has been around for for quite a few years since I guess 2016 or 17 with uh crypto kitties uh that was one of the first mm. uh blockchain games yeah but uh for some for some reason uh nfts became super super hot super hyped in in 2021 and a lot of people have been just like talking about them nonstop. uh and yeah i guess because of the huge prices and everyone tries to sell their own nft and i guess like the main the main argument towards uh saving it as a as uh, you know, right-clicking and saving some image on your computer is kind of the same thing with like Mona Lisa um, painting, right? In in Louvre, right? You can go there, you could take a picture of it, but it's not going to be the Mona Lisa itself, right? And uh, I guess the another um, kind of main property of NFTs compared to traditional art is that with traditional art, uh, it's it's relatively there's a lot of examples of it being counterfeit of like copies of some prominent uh, artists being circulated in, in the market and a lot of uh, exchange houses or a lot of like art houses, they would still certify that it's a real thing when it's not. Um, and if you Google like a lot of examples, um, there are a lot of examples of this kind of counterfeiting art with, uh, but again, the, with the beauty of with NFTs and uh, the fact that they're on blockchain, you can actually go and see the transaction history, right? Who minted this, this token? Uh, who owned it before, right? Maybe like some prominent figures in crypto space owned it before. Maybe Vitalik owned it or some other, you know, maybe, maybe Elon owned it before and like buying an NFT from him, you will actually have a public record of uh, this transaction happening, right? And you will know that, you know, it came originally from, from this specific artist because you will have their cryptographic signature on chain. And again, it's all publicly visible. You can, anyone can go and and um, kind of validate it for themselves and see for themselves, right? You don't need some sort of intermediary to claim uh, that it is authentic. Uh, the authenticity is kind of right there. Uh, you can just, you can, you, can, you can see it directly with the transaction uh, history. Um, so yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell, uh, I guess from a little bit more of a technical standpoint of view, but yeah, I guess it unloads a huge opportunity for a lot of artists to sell their work and kind of prove, uh, that the work is authentic, that it came from them. Um, yeah, I would, I would say that right now, NFTs are definitely a little bit overhyped and a bit too hot, but, uh, mm -hmm. I still think that in the future they will, uh, they're probably here to stay. Uh, but, uh, more people will realize their kind of true capabilities and true value and um, kind of, I guess right now, a lot of people use it as a, as, as a buzzword. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like remember back in the days, people were talking about the cloud and <laughs> when, when they were trying to move their, their servers to the cloud or, you know, going from Microsoft World to like Google Docs, oh, it's the cloud. And, mm. you know, um, so it's kind of the same thing. Um, crypto goes through a similar phase, especially right now. And NFT is definitely that one of those hyped words where people just throw on everything 
and they not necessarily know um, kind of the what the true meaning of it or the true applications of that technology. But in the long run, you know, still, you know, we're using the software to record the podcast. It's in a cloud, right? We don't even use the buzzword. We just we just uh, kind of reap the benefits of it. So the same thing is going to happen with a lot of um, things that are happening in crypto space with the NFTs, with with tokens, uh, with utility tokens, with DeFi as well. Yes. Uh, what was the, the the other one you asked me about the huddle or? The... Oh yes. What is a huddle? Yeah, huddle. So that's um, that's another thing that a lot of people when they when they come to crypto Twitter or when they read crypto related uh, articles, they think it's a typo. Um, <laughs> but in fact, it's well, it is originally a typo. But I think someone on one of the Bitcoin forums, I think on Bitcoin Talk dot org, as far as I remember, uh, back in I don't know two thousands. I don't remember two thousand. 11-ish, 14-ish, somewhere there. Someone made a typo. Probably the author was like drunk or something and they were typing. The market was crashing like like it's happening in the past week. And the 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 author wrote like, I don't care, I'll just hodl, right? And um, it was clearly a typo back then, but it kind of stuck with the community uh, because people really love all these like memes and love this kind of, it's like internet culture driven. So this thing stuck with the community and people are kind of, Whenever the market is crashing, they they say I just hold. I will, which means I'll just hold. I'll just hold my assets. I will hold my 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 coins, and I will not sell them. Right. So, so that has uh, kind of been part of the uh, kind of cryptocurrency lingo. Uh, and there are a lot of also similar terms where the last two letters are reversed. So, like for example, build and biddle. So a lot of people in crypto space when they say I'll gonna build a new platform. Uh, they would spell it, you know, they will reverse the two last letters. I'm going to biddle the new platform or build a new app, biddle a new app. So, um, yeah, that's that's where it comes from. So if you, if you see this somewhere in the article or maybe in, a, in the show notes here, don't mm-hmm. get confused. Don't try to, like, shout at the, at the authors that you made a typo. It's actually not a typo. It's like a, it's a reference to, uh, to crypto speak. <laughs> to show that it's uh, the person is in the know that they know what they're talking about <laughs> they're hodling <laughs> they're part of for part of uh, crypto yep <laughs> awesome is crypto do you think that crypto is like you know the future i guess it's a hard question to ask but like mm-hmm. what do you think are like sort of the the pros and cons and do you think that this is something that like will um, be, you know, like people will be, I, I would say like 2021 was probably like the year that that was mo- the most conversion of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely think that um, kind of the future of crypto is very exciting and very bright. Uh, it definitely, you need to be aware that it goes in cycles. So I think one of the good kind of reference points is like, you know, if people here know Gartner hype cycle, so all things, all all new innovations they go through the cycle, which you know mm. starts with a lot of like hype and excitement, and then there is like disillusionment, and then there is a plateau of productivity. So any technology goes through through this kind of uh, cycles, uh, and uh, crypto is not an exception. So right, and again, crypto I would say it really follows this like four year cycle where like right now we are at the peak in in twenty twenty one. And probably is gonna, you know, go down in 20, 2022, maybe even. I mean, it's going down right now. So I hope it's not the end, but but still, um, yeah, I feel it's it's definitely right now and for the coming few years, it's very volatile. 
the crypto, I mean, majority of crypto assets. They are very volatile, so they're definitely not for everyone. And if you're considering investing, um, like you know, do so with with caution. Uh, I would probably still recommend again, not a financial advice, but I recommend, especially for the younger crowd, to like maybe put some money in it, like maybe three dollars, ten dollars, depending uh, how much you can afford to like you know. Don't put more money than you can afford to lose, right? Mm. Uh, but I think it's, it's yeah. a great uh, process. Look at it as education fees, right? So instead of like spending um, like a you know five hundred bucks on some uh, questionable uh, education class uh, online, I would rather uh, spend those five hundred dollars on investing, buying a currency of choice, and mm. um, and uh, kind of that will teach you way more than kind of reading nonstop because I think you need to have like your hands in the and they kind of you need to get your hands dirty. And I think it's still going to be the future because the amount of innovation is really unprecedented. It's kind of similar to the amount of innovation that internet unlocked, but potentially even more um, and amount of value as well. And uh, yeah, well, I think one of the important reminders that a lot of people who are new to crypto, uh, they might uh, kind of be confused. Like people would say like, okay, Bitcoin is $40,000, $50,000. I cannot afford to buy one. Like it's so expensive. So uh, I think that that is that is false. Uh, you can always buy a fraction of Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. It it has a like a, you know like the same way dollar has cents. Bitcoin has satoshis, sats. Uh, so you can buy you know you can buy a thousand sats or like a zero point zero 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 one Bitcoin, and uh, you can still kind of own it and you can play with it and you can see you can look at on you know on the block validator. Uh, whether it's you know your transactions and um, the, the value that you have, right? Um, yeah. So and I think that another exciting space in crypto that is less volatile is stable stable tokens. Uh, it's mm. something that's become increasingly popular. So there are a lot of basically what stable token means or stable coin means is is uh, is a traditional uh, currency. Sorry, it's a cryptocurrency that is pegged to a value of some um, some some fiat currency. So, for example, there is um, XSGD, which is linked to Singapore dollar. There is there is a few uh, USD backed uh, stable tokens. You know, USDC, Dai, TUSD. There's like a whole plethora of them. And what they allow you to do is you can kind of still experience the technical benefits of of crypto, of like you know frictionless transfers. You don't have to interact with the bank to transfer money. Um, and, but they still, their value is still uh, stable, right? So like one, one XSGD equals one USD, oh, sorry, one, one SGD. So, um, it, they're, they're, they're stable. And a lot of countries, they issue their own uh, kind of, uh, pegged, um, crypto, cryptocurrency that is a stable token. Yeah. And quite a few governments are also thinking of doing something similar, which is again, like, I guess it's a, a topic for a different episode altogether. Um, uh, yes. So. In a, in a nutshell, I think the future of, of coins and cryptocurrency is really bright. Um, yeah, and you guys should uh, read more about it and um, kind of don't put more money than you can lose, but uh, give it a try. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely exciting. And uh, yeah, of course, there are a lot of job opportunities in the space as well. One of the best ways to learn is to is to go get a job in a space. And it's not only technical positions out there, but there are a lot of like non-technical opportunities anywhere from like uh you know marketing to compliance to legal to social media management to content generation there are a lot of crypto podcasts that mm. uh hire exciting people mm. yeah awesome 
Thank you so much, Roman. Like this was like very, very uh, informational for us. And I think like for anyone mm -hmm. who is uh, hoping to get into cryptocurrency, just to reemphasize, this isn't financial advice. Do your own research. But uh, this is definitely like, uh, uh, hopefully it was a helpful one-on-one for everyone listening. Awesome. Bye. Thanks, Roman. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for having me, Vim and Summer. Um, well, that was very interesting. It was definitely a lot. I definitely know more than I did before the call, but also I got a whole list of things to Google after this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like he said, like, uh, cryptocurrency is a very sort of like, I don't really knew it. it's been around for like a few years now. But I think it's only been like taking, it's taken off like this year, and probably like late last year do solely because like a lot of people were stuck inside and you know they started wanting to do something else but um this is never financial advice we can't emphasize that even more mm -hmm. more um and as roman said like only put in as much as you're prepared to lose um but it is kind of an interesting you know thing and 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 you know maybe in say a few years if elon musk doesn't fuck it up um yeah. it might be the way uh, to go so we shall see we shall see so yeah, are you gonna invest your three dollars yeah maybe Summer? maybe just 150 of it you know just to be safe yeah mm. yeah <laughs> yeah it's a safe 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 bet safe bet mm -hmm. i'm on my way to becoming a billionaire ah, 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 ah. to the moon bye bye thanks for listening if you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy a fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by a journalist on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Summer Lee and Vim Shamugam. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez and our editor is Raina Lim.